You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and today I'm joined by Nathan Messina and Jaden Smith. How's everything going with y'all? Man, things are going pretty good, man. Just, you know, chill a little Tuesday. Yeah. I'm doing good, man. Uh, living life. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. <laughs> we're at the midpoint of the season in college football, and we're getting through the NFL season, so let's hop right into it. Yep. Starting off with college football, we're going to briefly talk about LSU. They defeated Army by a score of 62 to nothing. LSU just continued to cause havoc on offense with their seventh straight 500-plus yard game. Beginning with Jaden Daniels, what did he do this week and impress you? Um, he threw 11 for 15, 279 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown all in one half. That's what he did to impress me. Um, I mean, he's just played like he has all season. Um, just yeah. I, it's not even anything specific in this game. Just Efficiency. The, way, the way he's played all year has, has really impressed me. Yeah, I mean, nothing really impressed me, to be honest. I mean, this is kind of what I've come to expect. Yeah. From Jaden Daniels. And plus, you know, we were playing against Army. So, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. There's yeah. nothing much you can really take away from it. Yeah, I thought Daniels played really patiently. And uh, he just kept doing, like you guys said, doing what he's doing and playing confidently. He anticipated routes in this one. And he also did a really good job of uh, improvising out of there, making plays out of nothing. But what will he have to do in order to keep his success up against Alabama? Um, just, just keep his awareness up. Um, he's been really good at being aware in the pocket lately. Um, so keep that up. Just play smart. Um, and just don't try and like force a run when you need to, you know, stay in the pocket and be patient. But like, to be totally honest, I just, I'm not concerned about how Jaden's going to do in this game. It's like, I have full confidence and faith in in him. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to come down to him making smart decisions Mm -hmm. he's got the talent he's got the offense and the weapons around him to do what he needs to do in order to win this game so yeah as long as he takes care of the ball which he has been doing all season and just doesn't give Alabama anything to capitalize off of they're going to be just fine yeah I agree with y'all I think it's like protect the ball I think that's the biggest thing for Daniels in this one but I think he's also going to have to be able to anticipate routes best in this game Mm -hmm. that defense for Alabama is really solid (laughs) and, and they have guys that can get to the quarterback so what that this is where you have to trust in guys like Neighbors and Thomas. That and that kind of comes in effect, and it's going to come down to the ability to get the ball to them downfield. Yeah. Um, two score touchdowns and not field goals, right? Uh, in a game like this. So talk about the younger guys and what they did to impress you in the second half of this game. Obviously, you didn't see much of the starters in this one. Yeah, uh, I mean more specifically Trey Holly. You know he was crowned SEC Freshman of the Week for his performance. Uh, had a really good showing. Garrett Nussmeyer, not really a young guy, but yep. you know he's going to be that next quarterback for LSU, so it's good to see him getting comfortable with more reps and taking shots down the field, which we know that that's what he can do. So, you know, it was just really good to see that, and it's kind of comforting to see that your second-string offense can come in and still keep that same energy, not taking their foot off the gas pedal. So a shutout win is really impressive. Yeah, man. yeah, I think Trey Holly might be my, my favorite LSU player of the future. Um, he just looks so explosive, knowing what he did in high school. Yeah. Um, with that, he has the Louisiana rushing record in high school. Um, I I have full faith that he'll be the next like great LSU running back. Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna piggyback off of what y'all said. I thought Trey Holly impressed with his speed and that ability to hit the holes yeah. really fast. His burst is crazy. Yeah, that that burst is really crazy. It's like the f- turn on the 
turn on the gas. Yeah, turn yeah. on the jets. And, and then you had Nuss, like you said, show some flashes. But defensively, I thought Deshaun Womack was really good off the edge in the second half, getting pressure into the backfield. We, we knew he was kind of going to be good. Um, but also, I like Jeremiah Hughes, uh, a freshman corner from Bishop Gorman High School in, yeah. in Vegas. Uh, he, he played really good coverage in the second half, and he was tested a good bit. So what should the offense as a whole work do- during this two-week period with the bye week and with Bama coming up? What should they work on? Um, uh, The offense, I don't know. There's not really a whole lot. I yeah. guess just getting getting yeah. the ball out quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them really emphasize the run game mm-hmm. going uh, up into Bama because once you do get that run established against Bama, that it opens up everything. Yeah. Um, and when you have everything opened up against this Bama team, you're going to be set as mm-hmm. far as the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, just, just getting the ball out quick and, and the run game. Yep. Yeah, like Nathan said, I mean, this is an offense that's averaging 47 points a game the number one right. offense in college football. There's not, there's only so much that they should have to mm-hmm. work on as it is. But, I mean, I guess what comes to mind is getting the ball out quicker. Obviously, you're facing a team like Bama, so that pocket is yeah. going to collapse a lot faster than it usually does. Uh, making smart decisions, like I said, and really just making plays. You're really going to have to count on your big-time playmakers mm-hmm. to make those plays in this game. Yeah, for me, I think it's creativity in the red zone. I think LSU has to do a little bit – better of a job I guess they're not showing off the the plays against Army right they might be saving some stuff but I think creativity wise you have to find a better way to kind of go down when you're on the nine or when you're on the eight and just score from there and not just from you know the one or the three stuff like that but next with this defense this was the first shutout of the season for LSU regardless of who you play that's really hard to do yeah so credit to that LSU defense they only allowed 42 passing yards all night Held the Army offense to under 200 total yards. So what improvements stood out to you this weekend when watching the LSU defense? Um, definitely the secondary. Um, getting three picks in, in this LSU secondary is huge it's after what we've seen so far. Um, Andre Sam stepped up huge for this team. Uh, that was a big improvement. And then when, when you have at least one guy like him who can step up mm-hmm. just week in and week out, like – that's huge for this defense, whether it's Andre Sam or somebody else. Like, if you have one guy step up, mm-hmm. it elevates this defense to yeah. good enough level, which mm-hmm. is a lot better than they've been the first couple weeks. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I just think it was so refreshing to see this defense play the way play the way they did, and more specifically, the secondary. You know, obviously, we've harped on this defense all season long about how incompetent yep. that they've looked at times. So it's confidence boosting, and it couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest. With right. You. And like you said, Nathan, with Andre Sam stepping up, that's just only going to make everybody else in that secondary, mm-hmm. oh, man, I need to step my game up too. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, I thought the defense was able to wrap up and hit the holes this weekend, and that's something they've kind of struggled with, uh, which was stopping plays at the line of scrimmage this year, and, and that wasn't a factor uh, this week. It, it might be false hope, but this LSU defensive line – and linebacker core might be starting to figure things out yeah. uh, in terms of that. So everyone actually played as a whole, too. That's really what I saw. And that's the first time I saw that as a collective group uh, in the defense. So with a game like this, how big is this for the confidence of these guys leading into such a big game? Um, it's huge. I, I think a, a massive blowout is exactly what you needed from the offense. And it's, it's what we kind of all expected. Oh, yeah. But on the defense, putting on a shutout was absolute best-case uh-huh. scenario, in my opinion, for these guys' confidence. Um, it showed them, hey, we are capable of like actually playing defense. Yes. Um, and I, I think it's huge for these guys. Yep. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I'll say it again, it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, you're getting ready to face what may be your toughest game of the season ahead mm -hmm. of you. So this is the moment where you really needed something like that. And they didn't just pitch a shutout against Army. Army never got close to scoring the football. Yeah. Like, I don't think they reached the red zone, anything like yeah. that. There wasn't too many drives where they crossed the 50, let alone yeah, reaching exactly. the red zone. So, and yeah. like you say, this is just – this is going to do really well for their confidence and their morale. Yeah, I think it's like – yes, I, I think it's a good tone setter. that The defense knows they have to get better each week. Yeah. And this is like baby steps. Um, that's what how I kind of see it. It's baby steps that you have to take, right? You have to learn how to do it. You can't just hope it happens overnight. And LSU is kind of showing that every week they're they're getting a little bit better every yeah. week. You saw it against Missouri. Now you're seeing it. Now you're. I it's consistently say, getting better. That, and Auburn, since the second half of that Missouri game, this defense has flipped a little bit of a switch to the point where they say, okay, we're not just giving up forty yep. points every week. Yeah, and Saturday, uh, LSU lost Zy Alexander to a lower leg injury after he was super impressive um, starting this entire year. So he was obviously your best corner. So talk about what that means for LSU moving forward. Um, it's a huge loss. If he, depending on, did they say how much time they he's expected to miss? They haven't said the okay, extremity of it so, yet. But um, if he does miss any games, man, that's a huge loss, especially against Bama. Losing mm -hmm. your best corner in a secondary that's not very good is is a big loss in. Probably your biggest game of the year. Uh, yep. But, you know, like I said earlier, if guys like Andre Sam can continue to step up, I think they might be okay. But, <coughs> excuse me, you're definitely going to notice uh, his absence. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's really just common sense at this point. You don't want to lose your best corner guy going into your biggest game of the year. But, you know, Nathan said this on the show Sunday, you know, Azai Alexander with little preparation, little reps yeah. is better than no Zai example. No Zai Alexander at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. This is exactly not what you wanted for LSU going. So that bye week, I mean, you wanted everyone healthy for Alabama. Mm -hmm. But this just means he's going to, like you said, he's going to miss those practice reps. He's going to miss just time off, right? Yeah. And, and that's time where he's going to have to go to the trainer and get some work done. And, and as far as impact on this team, like you guys said, it's just really hurtful. Um, because this was your best guy all year. Yeah. And when he plays well, everyone else plays well. It's just that kind of place bow effect he he has on other guys. And last night, I mean, sorry, on Saturday night, he showed some really good stuff again. And yeah. then not only that, he was laying hits on yeah. Army players. So we haven't seen that this year, but that just means he's opening up. It's even better, you know. But what? who are some guys that will have to step up? in that corner room, not only if he doesn't get to play versus Bama, but just in general. I'd say definitely Andre Sam, not to be super repetitive, you know, yeah. but um, he's probably – he's got to be your second best corner right now, I, yeah. I think. Um, and then I'm also going to say Major Burns. Um, mm -hmm. I think you're going to need a big game from him, um, if, especially, especially if Zai is out. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with Andre Sam. I mean, he just had a big week against Army. So I'm looking for his – I'm sure his confidence is sky yeah. high right now, I and mean, I'm looking for him to pick up where he left off. But more specifically, Major Burns, this is a guy who has played in this game before, who knows the intensity and what it feels like, understands the magnitude of the moment. So that's a guy that I'm going to be looking for to really make plays. Not really even make plays, but just make key tackles here and there. Yeah. You know, make he's the right play. Yeah, make yeah, the right play. The he's right had play. a little bit of trouble with open field tackling this season. So a lot. Yeah. yeah so he's got to get better with that. But I, I'm not sure why Denver Harris didn't play this week. But he's one of the more physical corners for this LSU team, and I think he's got to step it up. But I think that down the stretch, Sage Ryan is also going to have to be a guy that LSU can actually rely on. Yeah. So finally, talk about this LSU team. 
What does LSU have to do in general to beat Bama come two weeks from now? Um, you're just gonna have to play very physical. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, the I've I've said this over and over and over. The offense, I have zero concerns about. I yeah. think that they could easily outscore this Bama offense. Oh, yeah. They're better in literally every single facet. Um, <laughs> got to protect the ball, though. Got to yeah, protect got the to, ball. In a yeah. game like this, yeah. especially. But I just, I, I'm just not worried about these guys. The defense is where my concerns are. Um, the Bama offense, it's not good, but it's, it's. It'll, it'll show you, up. You, you've seen, you've seen they yeah. can show up. They scored 27 unanswered, unanswered against Tennessee. Yeah. I'm not yeah. worried about. The LSU offense getting shut out in a second no, half. No, that's just never going to happen. Right, but you I got to start fast. You're going to have to start fast. You have to get out ahead. You're going to need the defense to make a couple stops here mm-hmm. and there. And yep. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried about the offense either. But like you said on the Sunday show, Nathan, with this type of game, it wouldn't surprise me if this ended up being one of those defensive games where just yeah. no team was really able to yeah. get it going. It really wouldn't surprise me. So mm-hmm. I would say. For those situations where they do make it into the red zone, we we cannot keep settling for three points. Right. We, we cannot afford to settle for three points. So they're going to have to get really creative. Yeah. And they're really going to have to rely on their playmakers tonight. This is the game where stars are made. I don't want to be, you know, cliche, but it, it, it is, man. It's like, true, it, yeah. it's, it's really just that simple. Yeah, it so. comes down to if, I mean, like the big guys, like Malik Neighbors, yeah. Brian, Thomas, Brian Thomas, those guys show up. It comes Absolutely. down to if Harold Perkins shows up to play. So I think, fine, like, they're going to have to get pressure on Jalen Milrow. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and make him uncomfortable. When yeah. you see he's uncomfortable, he, he does not play well. Look at look at the first few games. Look at Texas. I mean, Texas made him uncomfortable all night. He was throwing two, three picks. Yeah. So the more you make Alabama one-dimensional, the better the game will go for you. And I think the offense, like we said, they're going to find ways to score, but it's not going to be as much as we're used to seeing. Oh, right? absolutely. It, it, this is a rivalry game. Alabama's going to show up to play, yeah. I, and I know that. But I think for LSU, they're going to have to just show up and, and actually get things done in the red zone. Like you said, you can't settle for three in a game like this. Mm-hmm. But shifting to the NFL, we're going to talk about a few of the games this week, starting with the Bears and the Raiders. The Bears defeated the Raiders by a score of 30-12, to 12, where rookie Tyson Bajent led the team to a victory, throwing one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Bears, does this past weekend show what they can do without Justin Fields? I don't think this is necessarily a product of what they did without Justin Fields. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Tyson Badgen is a, is a better He played well, though. He did, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend. He threw for 162 yards. That's not exactly anything crazy. Um, I'm not going to pretend he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I don't think Justin Fields is good, but I think he's definitely better than, than Tyson Badgen. Like, you're telling me that if, if – Fields was back tomorrow, like they would debate whether or not to start uh, badging over him. That's not going to happen. Um, but I do think that, uh, you know, this was a big step for the Bears' confidence, at least. Um, this offense realized, oh, hey, we can actually score points sometimes. Yeah. And Without uh, Justin Fields. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's but what, that's what the question, like, that's what I'm saying. I think, like, this show, this weekend shows that you can kind of move on from Justin. Sure, I not, guess not, in that case. I, I don't yeah, think yeah. it's saying that Beijing is the answer, right? Right, right, right. I think right. that just means you can win without him. Yeah, and I, I think they've known that for a while. I mean, you, you've seen that, that Justin Fields is not the answer for every game this season and last season and the year before because I think he's in year three now. Yeah, um, yeah we've been known that, that he's, yeah, Justin were, Fields is not the guy. They were comparing this guy to Joe Burrow. Yeah, I remember that. Coming remember. in the rookie year. Yeah, I mean, they were. Uh, he was at the Heisman ceremony when he won it, and and people 
were trying to find a debate and saying that Justin Fields was a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. All the Ohio State fans would love <laughs> giving that entertainment. Obviously, I'm no <laughs> look at it now. Yeah. Just it's it's funny to look at. Blasphemous. But anyway, uh I don't think this is a sign of necessarily what they can do without him. I do think it's very interesting though, because that's been a conversation for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. they were talking about trading up trading Justin Fields to get the number one pick last season. But I'm not going to put too much stock into that because as bad as the Raiders are on a week-to-week basis, they didn't even have their starting quarterback also this yeah. week. So I can't put yeah. too much stock into that. I and mean, it's the Raiders. Yeah, and I know. Exactly, I know. and it's the Raiders. So, you know, good for Tyler Badgett. Uh, he's the only the second Division II quarterback to start a game in the past 20 yep. years. And, you know, he gets his win in his first try to do it. So, I mean – Kudos to him, but I can't put too much stock into it. Actually, I mean, I actually think this is – it shows you that you should probably move on from Justin Fields and just start over. I, I think he's completely holding this team back with, with not only him being bad, but coaching. I mean, everything's just really inconsistent with his play, and that's not something that you want to see in quarterback plays, inconsistency. But as far as the Raiders, this is a team that has problems all over the place. Devontae Adams has expressed his unhappiness yep. with the team. So what do you see – his future in Vegas looking like? Man. <clears throat> He's got to get out of there. Yeah. I think Devontae Adams probably has a good two, at least a good two to three years left at the level that he's capable of playing at. Mm-hmm. And I would really hate to see him just wasted on a team like the Raiders. Yeah. Miraculously, he was able to put up 1,500 yards last year with Derek Carr as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. But with – Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback. That I don't see that happening right. at all. I mean, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm watching on a week-to-week basis what he's doing. And I <laughs> think he's had maybe two good games. And the Monday night football game against the Packers, he might have gotten targeted three times. I don't think he got yeah. his second target until the fourth quarter. That's just absolutely ridiculous. There's no mm-hmm. way you have a receiver like that on your team and you're just not throwing him the ball. And it's not like he's getting locked up or anything. You're oh, just no, not looking yeah, for him. Yeah, exactly. So – if you're Devontae Adams, you got you got to get out of there. I get yeah. it. He was trying to get paid, and he didn't want to be in Green Bay anymore, but Las Vegas isn't any better, for no. sure. Yeah, I, th- I think if they don't trade him before the deadline, they've completely mismanaged the situation because mm-hmm. then yeah. at that point— He's not going to try. It's not that he's—not he's not, easy, not only is he not going to try, he's going to hold out next year, and your value for him is going to decrease yeah. dramatically. You're not right. going to get— nearly what you would right now for him. Exactly. So you need to trade him ASAP or yeah. else you're not going to get – you're going to get a bag of chips for him. Yeah. And I think he got into a really bad situation going yep. to Vegas. And, and he should have he should have never – right? Like he should have never gone into that place. Uh, and, and he should have known what he was getting himself into. And that's really a mistake on his part. Yeah. Um, which I think it's it, – it's not being greedy because he obviously knows it's worth – but you got to explore your options when it comes to that. Um, yeah, quarterback I, play it doesn't help his case. Obviously, yeah. uh, I know that Derek Carr kind of walked after last year, but as far as his as future go, goes, I mean, he's going to be gone after the season. Yeah, I thought that situation was weird to begin with. I mean, <coughs> yeah, there at was first well, it was about money, and Green Bay offered I, him more money. Yeah, and then it was about that, him playing with his old college yeah, team. I was going to so say, I, I just like, look, man, this is the NFL, like. I think being friends is cool and all, but <laughs> but you got to go to your best options. You're not yeah. here to make friends. Yeah, right. I'm here to win. That's I mean it's true. And now Jimmy G is hurt again. Where yeah. Brian Hoyer? I mean, just if you were a fan of either of these teams, the Bears and the Raiders, watching this game, <laughs> you must have just been like, this is not fun. Um, 
I mean, Garoppolo has not played well enough for this team. Yeah. So what should Vegas do with the quarterback situation? I you got to draft somebody. I think. Yeah. Um, they've been putting that off for a while now, and yep. I think it's finally time to just bite the bullet, mm-hmm. make a lot of trades. Make sure you get a high enough pick. With Devontae, you could make, yeah, you exactly. make a splash, yeah. man. I think you need to trade Devontae, get a high up pick. You need at least a top 10 pick to right. spend on a quarterback. And with how year. bad your team is, you're going to get it. You're yeah. going to get a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think they have any other option other than to draft somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit it right on the money, man. They don't have a lot of options as it is. This is just not a good football team. They have mm-hmm. a really good receiver in Devontae Adams, and I think they'd get a good amount back from trading him. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, you just got to bite the bullet, man. Dra- draft a quarterback because yeah. Jimmy G's not the answer. Yeah, and I used to think that Jimmy G was a good quarterback, but that's just what Kyle Shanahan makes you look yeah, like. Man. It's crazy. I think I overrated him a bit, but, like, he's just not the guy for Vegas, obviously. This, yeah. this offense is stagnant, doesn't have much going for them, and it's crazy to say that because they have Josh Jacobs, they have Devontae Adams, and, and after that it's kind of – it drops off, but yeah. that's a lot of weapons. Um, there's some big weapons. Yeah, there's some weapons in there. And in my opinion, they should go out. I think they should tank straight up. I think they should sh- tank, get a great quarterback, start <laughs> over, you know, mess with Devontae Adams, uh, see what he's valuable for in the market, see what you can get out of him. But moving on to the Buffalo Bills, they were somehow to be defeated by the dumpster fire New England Patriots, where Mac Jones saved his job. On Sunday, yeah. he did straight he did. up. He saved his job playing a great game, having only five incompletions. The Bills' offense was stagnant in another game uh, this season. So let's talk about it. Uh, what's wrong with this Bills' offense, and why can't they just play consistently? Well, their quarterback has a little bit of a turnover issue, and he can really sling yeah. it, man. But you can't throw an interception on your first play of the game, man. Mm-hmm. That that is sets the tone. That, that's just yeah, like you said, it sets the tone. That's just. <laughs> Bad football, you know, simple as that. Bad football one-on-one. And I think sometimes Josh Allen gets a little bit over-greedy. And another thing I notice is that when Josh Allen turns the ball over, it really takes this Bill team out of their element. Chemistry, they, like, too. Chemistry, it's gone out the window. It really just kind of deflates all of their, you know, passion that they had going mm-hmm. into the game. And now it's just they're really all out of whack. And now they're clawing and scratching to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. And – I just think the Bills are way too good of a team to constantly be in these types of situations. This happened last week against Jacksonville. So, yeah, he's going to have to fix that issue, man, Mm -hmm. that turnover issue. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, he he didn't play, like, horrible, but he had – I mean, he had 265 yards – and two touchdowns, with which for Josh Allen, with as much as he's been hyped up, it's underachieving. He just has to play better. Like you said, the turnover problem is an issue. Um, but other than that, like their offense, like plays pretty well. It's it didn't this week. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean twenty five points is not awful. That should have been enough to beat the Patriots. I mean, it it should have been, but I think I think it has to do with a lack of communication between Josh Allen and his receivers. Like like Jaden said, once that first turnover goes, I think they all just they're not on the same disarray. page. Yeah, they're he's not played well all season. I feel like Josh Allen, and, and he's gonna <laughs> stir up questions in that front office. If he continues this, yeah. another part of that, like I said, is the coaching. I don't think they're putting everyone in the best position to succeed. So, what do you see as the Bills' future right now? More this what, season, more of what they've been doing. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to win a you know a good stretch of games here, and you know, people are going to say, "Oh, I could see them making the Super Bowl, perhaps," and they're going to get bounced. Yeah, you know. 
These yeah. are issues that like same thing. Sh- yeah, these are issues that championship teams shouldn't have at this stage of the season. Right, and now, such an experience. Good, team. Yeah, such an experienced team, a team that a good bit of these guys have been mm-hmm. together for three or four seasons mm-hmm. consecutively. So, yeah, man, it's what midway through the season, and you're having these types of issues. Yeah, you're yeah. almost midway through the season, and it's it's not getting yeah, any better. That's this is not what you need. I think it might be a little bit tougher for them to make the playoffs than we think. They're they're second in the East right now. Yeah. Uh, they've got the Dolphins oh, ahead the of them, Dolphins. who are yeah. The Dolphins, I think, are winning that division. Yeah, like without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of time left in the season for them to pick things up. But I don't know if they if it's they're like a guarantee to make the playoffs. I think it's very possible that they miss out this year. And I've been saying for for at least two years now, the Bills Super win- Super Bowl window has been closed. Mm-hmm. I said that last year too, and. Um, a lot of people disagree with me, but I just, I just, it feels like they're just kind of doing the same thing over it, and over. Exactly, it's the same thing, and it's just, it's we're seeing it start to finally decline, and it's, I think the window's closed. Yeah, and, and I think if they continue to play like this, I, I think they're still going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to get bounced first round. Uh, and, and if they can get things fixed and play consistently, like which we've been talking about for so long now, I feel like. If they can do that, I truly believe that they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're just not showing that on a week-to-week basis, which is why I think they're going to get bounced in the playoffs uh, really early. But as for the Patriots, is this team as bad as we thought they were? Yeah, they're still bad. I mean, it's 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 the NFL. Like bad teams win games mm-hmm. here and there. Bad teams beat good teams. They're all they're all. I mean, it's the best of the best yeah. players. Like yeah. It's just going to happen. Upsets like that. Um, they're two and five right now. This mm-hmm. was their second win of the season. They're yeah. They're they're, they're awful. They're still a really bad team. Yeah. Yeah. I you couldn't put it any better than that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're still a bad team. I I don't know what happened this week, but the Bills defense, like we said, uh, they played awful. They made Mac Jones look good, which is surprising because <laughs> it's really hard to do that. Like yeah. actually. Mac Jones. It's I, hard to make Mac I, Jones. If Mac look Jones good. haters are not alive, I am dead, man. I, I do not like Mac Jones, but is he the quarterback for England going forward, even after the season's over? No. No. I mean, Absolutely he got not. benched against the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't care how bad you're playing as a starting quarterback. If you get benched, that is like a more bad, than once. That too. is a bad sign. That means you were so bad, I had to get you out of the game. Twice. And the game was probably already over by that point. Twice but I still times. had to take you out of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, he saved his job for another day, another week, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, I, he's not going to be there. I don't think one good game in his, like, entire career is uh, enough to say he's the guy. Yeah. I mean, Justin Fields was playing actually really well before he got hurt, mm-hmm. and we're still sitting here today talking about how he's not the guy for the future of the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just how it is in the NFL. Yeah. He's Mac Jones is still just he's not good it's at not all. Good, he's still man. punching dudes in the nuts. Um, yeah, he's just no one likes the guy. No like, I feel one, like no one I mean, it's one thing he's that not, you're playing against the guy, and you're like, oh yeah, I get to face Mac Jones. Well, what does his receivers think? That's my thing. It's like this is uh, exactly what Kayshawn Butte gets. Yeah, for oh, for yeah. for selling LSU is Yo. he gets to play on this Patriots <laughs> offense, but I mean for Mac Jones, man, I, I just don't like the style of play he brings to the NFL as it is. He's a pocket quarterback, and he doesn't even do great in that instance. I never thought he was good to begin with. No, and, and I didn't think so either. I thought that season was a fluke. I mean, when you have Devontae Smith <laughs> going Najee out Harris. And, yeah and playing against high school, Jalen Waddle during he, the he COVID just, year, yeah. Yeah, And then, like you see, with the way that quarterbacks are succeeding now in the NFL, he's going to be gone soon. And especially with the way that 
they're able to move in the pocket and get yep. extend plays with his legs. He can't do that. Yeah. Um, so last Thursday, though, the Saints were defeated by a score of 31-24 in a game where the offense looked better mm-hmm. but struggled in the red zone. Uh, yeah. So starting off with that offense, why can't the Saints be successful in the red zone, and what do they have to do to get it fixed? Um, you need to fire P. Carmichael, and you need to draft a new quarterback. <laughs> Those are your two fixes. Um, Pete Carmichael's got to go, man. It's the same same exact problems week in and week out. And you got Dennis Allen sitting up here on the podium every week telling you the exact, oh, well, we'll, we'll evaluate and see when we need to make changes. We'll let you know when we make some changes. Uh, we need to do this. We need to do that. We'll cross yeah, that bridge. bridge Dude, the amount of times I've heard we'll cross that bridge when we get to it is blows me out of the water. You've been standing on the bridge since week two. Like, we are on the bridge. We, like... Oh, it's burning. The bridge is collapsing under our feet, burning. and we're falling into the the volcano under us. Like, yep. the there's there's no more. Let's cross this bridge when we get to it. You need to make staff changes now. And, and if he does, he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, mean, is he dumb? Like, I don't know. I, like, does he know? Even, I I feel like Gail doesn't even know what's going on at this point. Uh, Benson. She's just kind of oh happy go lucky like doesn't happy, even realize I love Zion doesn't Williamson. even realize that Mickey Loomis, uh, Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael are stealing millions of dollars from her every yeah, year and she just true. doesn't even know. Um, red zone though. Yeah, red zone. You just you have to get rid of Pete Carmichael. I mean the the play calling down there is horrendous. You get the exact same plays run four times in a row. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Just, it's just a <laughs> just matter. <that>. Of, <laughs> yeah, I agree. But it's just a matter of creativity man like it's mm-hmm. just it's so simple i mean the offense looks pretty good yeah like until when, they reach about the 20 yard line and then yeah. it's just they just forget how to play football yeah it's true i think the saints are just overcomplicating every single little thing they do on the offensive side of the ball i mean the problem is they like we see them throw fade routes in the end zone on every single dang play and, and but as far as the red zone the play calling like nate said it's got to get better when a guy like Taysom hill has been super consistent for you, and you don't keep going back to him on the goal line. I mean, I don't understand that. And then that's like deep in opponent territory. That's that's a coaching issue at that point. And and I feel like the locker room's got to be mad about it because oh, yeah. it's seeing them see what we're seeing. I mean, they see even more of it. So uh, I just don't know how they're they've been dealing with this for so long yeah. and not going off the walls. But should Dennis Allen be on the hot seat? I mean, I feel like this is a given. Yeah, um, I I don't think Dennis Allen should have ever gotten hired, and I said that when the Saints were looking for a new head coach. Yeah. Um, I think they just they wanted the consistency of an in-house hire, and I think that that was the absolute mm-hmm. wrong move, and we're seeing that now live in front of our eyes. Um, I wanted Brian Flores when it happened, uh, or Doug Peterson. We we interviewed Doug Peterson, had him in the building, and now look what he's doing with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, the Saints really just like screwed this one up. Like bad by Front by office. Yep. I mean, you could you could have looked at his his record as a head coach in in and uh, known just in, known. at the Raiders and like sure you can give him all the credit you want about how oh it was like he got thrown into a crappy situation in Oakland or whatever. He went. He had a horrible record. At the end <laughs> of the day, he's just not a good head coach. Great defensive coordinator. Our defense is the best it's been in years. But when you have players like that, it's kind of hard not when, to be. When right. he he sucks at, at as a head coach. Yeah. yeah, you can put Dennis Allen on that hot seat. You can put Derek Carr on that hot seat. You can put Chris Olave on that hot seat since oh, he wants no. to be a jailbird. 
You can put uh, that's Foster Morona. Initiation hot seat. is a same, bro. Yeah, right. You can put, that was a joke, by the way. Chris, <laughs> Chris, you cool with me? You can put Foster Morona. Yeah, be careful, he might come find you on the rope. And you can put Gail Benson on that hot seat. <laughs> Gail <'Cause> Benson. This <laughs> no, this is just an ugly oh, man. situation. Though, We're man. calling out Gail. Like, but as a Saints fan, bro, like it is, <laughs> it's really just funny at this point. It is, but it gets funny. like exhausting watching this every week. Like <laughs> yeah. expecting some, something different. At, to happen. Yeah, at some point it's like, man, the best week of the Saints, yeah. Saints season. You know what it is, dude? I was it's actually, the bye week. Yeah, I was actually like thrilled when I woke up on Sunday and I was like, man, I don't have to watch. Yeah. We got, I was like, we got it's that like, loss wow. yeah. out of the way already. Today. We got the loss out of the way. I can yeah. just watch regular football, yeah. good football yeah. today. And, we can do and this every Thursday. To be yeah, honest with yeah. you, I wouldn't even be yeah. mad at it. Get him out the way every yeah. Thursday. And I think not only should he be on the hot seat, but it's like like Nate said, is an inability to take the blame for what's going on right now. It just shows why he can't coach an NFL team. Uh, that comes with maturity. He obviously doesn't have it. I mean, you have to be responsible enough to take the blame for what's going on. And he was, like like Nathan said, he was always the wrong hire and always will come back to haunt New Orleans fans yep. in the future when his name is mentioned. Uh, I think the Saints let so many people get away that that during that uh, interview process, yep. like Doug Peterson, like Dan Campbell, all these guys. I mean, it's just... It's gonna come back to haunt you. We also interviewed Eric Bieniemy, by the way, for yeah. several hours. Like it was like an eight-hour interview or something. And I think it was. I don't know if it was for the head coaching job or just for the offensive coordinator. But we had him in the building. I too. think it was head coach. Yeah. yeah. But for Jacksonville, I mean, what do you see as their future if they can keep it up on the offensive side of it? Oh, the they ball? can make a deep, deep playoff run. Um, this is a good football team mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. They've obviously they're still a little young. They've got their struggles, but mm -hmm. they are a good, well coached football team. Yep. I, I'm a big Doug Peterson fan. I mean, you said it yourself. This was like your Super Bowl pick it was. at the beginning of the season. So, and their hopes are still alive. I mean, who knows? But yeah, yeah I mean, if this team. With Trevor Lawrence playing the way that I've seen him play, definitely gonna have to get Calvin Ridley just a little bit more involved. Like, you know, he shouldn't be having one catch for five yards. That's just, mm -hmm. I think he's too good to finish a game with that type of stat line. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is a good football team, and I could definitely see them making some noise in the playoffs, man. Yeah, I agree, and I think for this Jacksonville team, they still, they don't get me wrong, they still have a long way to go to contend for Super Bowl talk. But if that defense can be a little better, especially that linebacker core and that cornerback group they're going to be so good yeah. because they can get they can get pressure of the quarterback that's no problem for them but it's the coverage issues that have kind of hurt them but shift, shifting over to major league baseball at the time of recording the Texas Rangers have beat the Houston Astros so <coughs> the world is happy pretty much with this uh and so the Texas Rangers will go on to face the winner of tonight's game it'll be Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies Yep. So who's going to win the World Series and why? Um, I think the Rangers really? are going to take it. Yeah, I, I obviously I think if the Phillies make it tonight, um, I think they've got a really good chance. But I, I think it, the Rangers just feel like team of destiny this year. Um, yep. yeah, that's true. They they were like the best team in baseball for a huge stretch of the season, and then they hit some speed bumps, and it almost felt like everybody wrote Everyone them off. Was injured. Yeah, it felt like mm -hmm. everybody wrote them off a little bit. And now we're getting reminded why they were the best team in baseball for such a big stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I think it's going to be between the Rangers and uh, I think the Phillies are going to win tonight. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, yeah, I just think the Rangers are going to do it. Like I said, momentum, momentum is a dangerous thing, man. Mm -hmm. So I agree, especially in baseball. But I'm going to go with the Phillies, man. I, there's just something about that depth in their lineup. 
You have Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Love Kyle Schwarber. JT Real Muto. I mean, that Trey Turner. I mean, this is just deep. And then you look at the pitching, and it's Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, and, and that's really good. But that then you have the bullpen. The bullpen's going to lose you games. So that that's really concerning. But mm-hmm. I think just with the depth from one through nine that, that Philly has, that they're going to be okay. But how many games do you think the World Series goes just in general? I'm going to say six. I think Rangers win it in six. Yeah, six. Yeah, I have Philly in six. but I think six is always just kind of just the safe option safe, for, yeah, for choosing how long yeah, Especially the in a World go. Series, right? Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to be like a sweep. But finally, it's time for the best segment of the week, guys. The weekly poo-poo Broussard. It will go out to the worst performance of the week. So give it give it to me, Jaden. Start us off strong. Oh, Foster Moreau, man. <laughs> say, I it again. Not even... say it again. Foster Moreau. Uh, I don't even really have an explanation for it, bro. Just catch the ball. <laughs> okay. I'm Look, gonna I, I give Foster Moreau a little bit of a pass. I don't, but my, my Poopa <laughs> Broussard of the week is going to be Michael Penix Jr., former thought to be dark horse for the Heisman. Still in the race. Still in the He's race. Still in the race, race. but... I don't know. Didn't after, help him this week. Didn't help him this week after he did not score a single touchdown against a one and six, now one and seven Arizona State team. Um, Ouch. Yeah. To to not score at all is insane to me. Um, he went twenty seven for forty two with two hundred seventy five yards in, in all four quarters. Absolute yeah. stinker. Two interceptions. Too, you let by the Ryan way. Clarkson uh, go and lock your boys up. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Michael Penix, you are my poo poo star of the week. Love it. Well, this week I'm going to have to go with James Franklin, Penn mm-hmm. State head coach. I think this is the most overrated college football coach in the country. And, and the way that he cannot win a big game, it's just so repetitive, right? Like, what's the year without Penn State and losing big games, right? It's just not <laughs> college football without it. This Penn State team, always hyped up. And, and I don't even know why the college football AP voters even rank them anymore because they know dang well that they're going to go and lose two or three more games against good teams, and, and it's always against Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, so They always lose to the big boys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's always coaching that gets them into these situations because Penn State, they're always going to have the talent, and they always do. Um, it's a dang shame, too, because this fan base is completely fine with just being good enough to make the Rose Bowl every year. So that's going to do it for us today. Big thank you to Nathan Messina and Jaden Smith for joining me today. I'm Andre Champagne, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.